0: doing a fun episode we are answering everybody's dilemmas stories and giving advice us three are giving advice um so let's (laughs) begin okay so i've got them all on my phone so i'll just
1: read out the first one uh so this is this person said on this past friday i had a one-to-one meeting with my boss and co-worker Slash work friend about our project. I don't really like my boss as she kind of goes on and on about things unnecessarily. So, yeah, while she was talking about something I'd heard a million times already, my housemate came into my room. I did that thing where you mimic someone talking with your hand and mimicked a thing held to my house. I saw my boss's eyes flash but didn't think anything of it. Then my co worker privately messaged me to tell me my camera was on. My boss then leaves the call very shortly afterwards. I have a meeting with her on Tuesday. What should I say? Oh, no.
0: mm. Do you
2: wait for them to bring it up in that situation? Because you might have seen eyes flash, but I feel like if you go in all guns blazed and apologize them before you even know that they've definitely seen you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because if you did apologize and they didn't know, it'd be a bit awkward because they'd be like, what are you on
0: about? I mean, I would do what Kate said. I would wait until I'd have an apology ready. Hmm but I would wait until they brought it up Mm. because if they had seen they are going to bring it up and then I would just apologize for being unprofessional and just say it won't happen again I mean they probably experienced it before yeah and I would also bring up the fact that if you're saying that they're bringing up unnecessary things it's a good opportunity to bring up that the they need to like maybe change their style of like managing you know in some ways mm. like if you're not happy with the way she's speaking to you or or along them lines and you could say i do apologize however and then you know it's, it's probably a two-way thing
1: yeah well another thing could you play it off could you say oh it wasn't about you it was just to my friend like it depends how how uh like yeah, like I've
2: been on the, calls in the morning, like I was just like, oh my god, like this call's been going on. Like it wasn't about you, it was about the situation. I mean, that's not technically lying. <laughs> so <laughs> be like she was fed up with the situation.
0: Just been like I was really tired, I've been stressed, I've got a lot of other things on, I'm really sorry it weren't aimed at you and it was nothing personal however that's what I would do and then however there are some things that I did want to bring up anyway because I always think that it's always good to give constructive criticism I mean I've done it with my managers at work and if I'm not happy with something I'll bring it up obviously there's a way of saying yeah that, but that might be a good opportunity to do something like that if you're feeling that confident mm.
2: but yeah just play mm. it it's hard one to get out of because it's like oh
0: I would
1: be, I would be scared. I would be scared. I'd be really scared. Um, good luck, because good I, luck. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in that situation. So
2: i fire you for that, though. No, no. May I get a, would you get a Did warning? You be very. probably upon- think- get a warning for being kind of. I don't think you'd be the favourite for.
1: Yeah. Right. You'd be. You'd probably be getting all the bad jobs to do.
2: <laughs> but-, but it was more than everyone else because it was assuming that everyone else will have seen you do that. It's like, in future, just make sure your camera's off and slide of slide
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, right,
1: the second one. I'm in my last year of university and I feel so nervous about applying to jobs in fear of being ignored that it's made me not apply to any jobs and I'm very stressed. How do I combat, th- combat this fear? Do you have any advice? I do. Go on.
0: <laughs> First and foremost, if you don't apply, you're guaranteed a no. Uh, yeah yeah like you're gonna give a no back everybody who gets rejected at some point you Mm -hmm. know it might not be that you're not fit for the job it might just be that someone else is a better fit it's not anything personal and you will apply for lots and lots and lots of jobs before you find one you're not going to apply for one and get it it's just how it is and everybody goes for that it's not just you mm-hmm. i think getting over that imposter syndrome and maybe i'm not good enough because we've all been there if you don't apply you're guaranteed a no if you apply you're guaranteed a maybe and mm-hmm. i have just recently got a postgraduate job and we were talking about this in our first um ever podcast episode and with, with postgraduate jobs Thousands and thousands of people apply. I mean, that's why the, pr- the process is like four or five stages long. And I got the position, the one position out of God knows how many. And I think if I knew how many people actually applied, it would have put me off. And, and I've got mm-hmm. inside my head, but because you don't know, it can't hurt you. So I think just go for it. You don't know how many people have applied. Five people might have applied, and then you might get it. I got it, and I never thought I would. So I think apply anyway make sure that your cv is tailored to a specific company and make sure that you know you're tailoring every single one and not just sending out the same cv and just apply for every single one that interests you because you're not going to get a job if you're not applying
1: yeah, yeah. i was going to say yeah exactly that and also it, whatever stage at is it's at if it's at the first stage and you're just applying and you've been declined or if it's after a job interview um you're going to learn a lot like right, from your job interview you're going to learn a lot like what went well what went wrong hopefully you can ask them like oh why wasn't I the best fit like why didn't you choose me and then maybe you can work on that um and I mean I applied for loads and loads and loads of jobs and it got to the point I was just making a joke about all the Decline, they <laughs> declines, up because, like you can't take it personally. They're not doing it because I. Don't, they're just like Ella said. It's just someone else will probably be the better fit. But you can learn from from what what's happened, and um, you know, maybe you, you can improve your CV. Maybe if you're getting more and more declines, maybe you think, oh, maybe it is my CV or my cover letter. Yeah. And I I wouldn't be nervous about it because they're not like they're not laughing. Is it not going? Oh my gosh, have you seen this? Like it is just they probably got loads and
0: yeah <laughs> i think to add to that as well what you said having so many interviews in the past for me has made me so good at interviews and my confidence has got so much better and you can only learn once you actually do it and you'll be surprised mm-hmm. that you do get the interview and You know, like you said, you might not get the job after the interview, but email the person and say, you know, why? And give feedback because that will only help you in the future. And practicing, even if it is through interviews, um, practicing and, you know, being prepared for those questions that are out there or like something you didn't expect can only come from applying and actually doing it.
1: I also think the more experience you get with job interviews, the more interviews you get, the more, like like you said, the more you get better at them. And also your nerves won't be as bad because you've been through it before and you're like, oh, and that probably make you even better because nerves can get the better of you. But if you're so used to them, then, you know, you You'll be really good. So I think you need to take like all your fear into like a positive. Like yes, I might get declined, but I might learn something from it, or I might get accepted and get a job. Like there's you've got to look at the positives.
0: I know. Yeah, I think it's so easy to think of all the bad things and all your weaknesses, but you've everybody has got a strength and a skill. And I had the exact same mindset. I mean, I, I'm a worrier. I'm always anxious, and I always think negatively. I used to and there was one job that I recently applied for before I got this job and it was close to the deadline I thought I'm not going to get it like the salary is so high why would I get it and I applied and I'm halfway through the process still like I got through Mm. at least two of the interviews it's been put on hold through lockdown and if I wouldn't have applied I would never have known and that was a confidence booster that actually I am good enough and they did see something in me
2: yeah
0: can't let the fear hold you back you can't you can't and it's so hard and it's not it's easier said than done but you've got to push yourself
1: and everybody goes through it like i'm guessing everyone in this podcast has had a job rejection haven't we I, we've all been through it
0: <laughs> so. yeah there's been ones that i thought i was perfect for that i've not heard back but you just move on life goes on
1: yeah yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't think about it too much i wouldn't hold on to it so much i just think you need to accept it learn and then move on and that is it is life at the end of the day yeah Um, yeah (laughs) i hope that helps and good luck with your job search so this third one is my dissertation officer has asked for a meeting to give him feedback on how he was supporting me throughout third year i basically want to tell him he was terrible and completely unsupportive and basically pointless Mm -hmm. having him as my dis officer I don't want to be horrible or rude to him, just want to help for future third years. How do I give him appropriate feedback about how unhelpful he was without
0: being rude? And I, I think you'd be good for this if you've given you yeah, some feedback. Yeah, because I, I am very honest. Um...
2: You don't say.
0: <laughs> I've been horrible to you. <laughs> you haven't at It's right, so me, and I actually just left my uh, part-time job yesterday and I had to go in for an exit meeting um, and I had to put down all the things that they could improve on, so I gave them my thoughts. And I think I said it in a way, definitely be positive, start positive and thank them for everything that I've done, even if that's kind of a lie, just because it just makes it easier when you give them criticism so I would thank them um, and just say I did appreciate you know the help and however there is some things that I would like to bring up maybe that you could have been a bit more attentive in certain situations and just say like I do understand that you know corona has affected things and you've got a lot of workload on and other priorities but at some points I did feel like I could have had a bit more of your attention and you've have been a bit more responsive at times because at the end of the day they're going to appreciate that they're going to learn from it because there's a positive aspect to every complaint it's how you learn from things i think just try and be as constructive as you can don't just go in all guns blazing and be all negative um because you wouldn't like it if someone said that to you but be honest but say it in a way that's professional
1: yeah i completely agree
2: um yeah, I've got a few It's awkward when it's your dissertation chair, isn't it? Because I feel like work is one thing. Then, like when it's at union, you're like, I mean, obviously it's at the end, which makes it easier because it's like you're not going to have to have another meeting with them. But I'm just like, am I, uh, that must be such an awkward situation. But I just like, I'm really sorry, but I don't think you've actually been very helpful. But obviously you have to tell them why. Yeah. On, well, you were rubbish. I'm just wondering if it's going to be through zoom
1: like face-to-face zoom or is it going to be through an email because i, I would find it
2: so much easier face-to-face i feel like a lot of people wouldn't but there's something about like
1: oh, no i, I think a I serious
2: conversation on zoom well like when it goes quiet i'm like i i can't
0: <laughs> I mean, if this person is scared you could always say everything's fine and then email them later and just be like mm-hmm. after thinking after our conversation i have got a few um improvement type things that I thought that maybe you would appreciate and then just list it on an email so then you don't have to deal with it face to face and the awkward silence or maybe or send a pre-email yeah
1: yes yes oh I was thinking if it is really bad like yeah maybe contact a higher up person I mean I know for me if that was happening I would contact our course director and he probably might take action on it um but then is it going behind that guy that uh, person's back like obviously you're not friends but is it a bit rude to do that i
0: I, I, don't I don't know i had a problem with a certain tutor i didn't feel like they helped me and i told them and they didn't really take it personally i mean you're not going to be the first person or the last person to give you know constructive criticism or criticism mm-hmm. and he was my course director as well as my tutor and it was never awkward afterwards I still really enjoyed him tutoring me in other modules mm-hmm. it kind of got forgot about um but I emailed him I, I didn't have a face-to-face the opportunity to speak to him face-to-face um And then they contact the other tutor on the same module to get extra help and told in the situation. So, no, I don't think it's sly or going behind the back. It's just helping yourself at the end of the day. Um, And I actually think it's really brave of the person to actually stand up and say,
1: actually, you didn't. Because a lot of people might just say, yeah, you were fine, and then move on because it's nothing to do with them now. They've had the bad experience. But it's nice that this person's thinking of future third years. And that's what I do with the course. you know, the course feedback we get every time we finish a module that like, i always try and put as much in to it because then it improves the next years yeah. because i i'd like to think that the year before me said something to improve it for us so you might as well just help be honest
0: yeah, yeah. is the best policy
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> um this next one i've been really excited i mean excited to talk about this because it's quite interesting
2: okay
1: so it is about sexism in the workplace now oh I, here we like, go <laughs> yeah I asked a lot of people about uh, like some situations story times or things they've got themselves into and I got a lot back about sexism in the workplace so um okay. one girl was being hit on by a manager that was extremely, she was 16, 17 at the time, he was in his 30s, talking about her body, we had someone say that um, she had to come and look pretty every time she came to work, so that was wearing makeup, her outfits, and then um, another girl said that she was told to go to certain tables and serve them, because they were more likely to give tips because of her her gender so i wanted to talk talk about that how would you deal with this sort
2: of sex or in terms of how would i deal with the situation itself or how would i deal with kind of saying i didn't want to do that
0: i have had an experience like this Mm -hmm. um on one in one particular company i worked for we i i don't really wear makeup to work because i just yeah (laughs) a lot of girls do and a lot of girls did in this company Mm -hmm. Um, and it was very on brand um, and halfway through me working there they asked me to start wearing makeup so it was on brand and I didn't want to because Mm -hmm. part of what they were implying is that I needed to look like presentable and me and another girl was like well I am presentable I'm groomed, like I'm in uniform, it's clean. The part of it was to wear red lipstick as well. I said I'll wear the red lipstick because you know that's not part of the presentable part of it. That's just, you know, to be on brand, but I don't really want to wear foundation. I mean I don't want to mess my skin up. I don't mm-hmm. I I just don't want to. And I said if that's if that's an if that's an issue for you then I'm more than happy to speak to someone higher above because I'm, I'm just, I'm happy to do that in any company. And nothing ever came of it. I mean, it was two males that run the company, mm. which I don't know if I added to anything, but I just told them that I'm happy to compromise um, because it's not sexualizing me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I am presentable with or without makeup. It's me and my efforts that count, not the way I look. Yeah. Um, but I'm not prepared to put on makeup on like a full face of makeup every day and if you know if if it did come to that point where they said no you have to I would have probably left because there's a lot of companies that don't care and don't need that and it's not worth staying in a company that that's unfair
2: I to myself sometimes so like when I would go to work I would they wouldn't even tell me I had to I just felt like I had to and like I remember I went into work once and then my makeup had gone terribly, so I'd like just taken it off and gone to work without it. And then the next day I went in with it on, and it was my um, this girl Jess, bless her, and she was like, "Oh, like you, like Kate looks presentable today," and I just found it hilarious because I had actually looked really rough the day before, but not rough in that I wasn't like clean uniform, like hair, but like what I was was fine. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my God, no!" Like I'm i'm like it's not okay but i almost like you're, you're trained to feel like you have to look like that Like even when i would go and try and get jobs my mom would be like well do you not want to put a bit of makeup on and like do yourself up a bit
0: yeah, mine I that good, I,
2: yeah. and i do but i'm like well why am
0: i doing that? yeah there's that debate of whether women or men should wear makeup to interviews and i think i do anyway Uh, But like Kate said, it's ingrained to think that makeup and making yourself look better equals better at the job. Mm. And yeah, it's a difficult one. I think with the manager saying things like that is unacceptable and you should contact HR and tell them about the issue and see what they can say. I think, again, it's such a nonchalant thing to just be like, "I'll oh, brush it off. But it's yeah. completely unacceptable whether you're a boy or a girl and anyone's saying that to you. And I will contact HR and um, get a complaint in and see what your options are because they could get into serious trouble for doing that at their age. I think the one about the tables is ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm I like,
2: especially having good. worked in pubs and bars and things, I don't think that's ever happened to me. We've kind of had jokes about People that have been like, you know when there's always that customer that might come in a lot and you're always like, oh, bloody hell, you're serving them, you're serving them because you know they're creepy. But who asks?
0: Like, even if... I would be like, no, nah, it's not happening, I don't care for getting... T-. It depends. Is it another employee who says that? Because if it's another employee, go to the manager and be like, I don't like the way he's speaking about me. Mm-hmm. If it's a manager, again, contact HR or anybody else that's higher up. I've never personally had that, and I've worked in uh-huh. bars and pubs. Um, I can't believe that people experience that. It's scary. I um, we
1: where I used to work, we had uh, weird old men. I mean, I remember some girl came into me because where we where we worked, we wore we wore a shirt and a tie. And this guy said something really inappropriate about what she was wearing, and basically sexualized it. And she came in, she was like, "Oh, that was so creepy," and I was like why did they have to do that like she's she's working yeah. what was the need like what is the need and i know um i've heard stories where you know managers have abused their power and been really creepy towards girls like um this boss gave my friend a 20 pound note and said oh this is for your hard work whereas there was loads of other girls working there as well and then he'd grab the girls in a weird way just to like say oh, are you okay but grab them in a A weird way and it's it's harder when the person who's doing it is the boss because they Mm. have the power to lie and say no or
0: actually fire you they have and it's that's what's so annoying yeah and I also think when you put in a difficult situation you don't want to lose your job yeah because it's not all it's not so easy to jump into another job so it's like do I stay and put up with it or do i leave and be rid of it and i think there's always a way to keep your job but make sure something gets done like contact hr contact somebody else or go some somewhere higher depending on who it is but if it gets to a point where you know it's it's making you feel uncomfortable on that call either can you call the police or just leave because it's not acceptable and you should you know it could be dangerous
1: Mm. I, I
0: don't believe about the whole looking at... You have to put makeup on to work. I
1: don't... Where I used to work, I don't. I didn't put makeup on because mm-hmm. it was so hot in the summer that you just sweat it off and it'd look less attractive than... Really yeah. Um, but, you know, some girls would come in fully makeuped up and sometimes I wouldn't and i think, oh, God, like, do I look really bad? But I don't because I got on with the job and I got the job done and we exactly. all got five o'clock. So it's like... Uh, I don't know it's it's really annoying and, and if the manager is making you wear makeup or is hitting on you or being really inappropriate with you then like Ella says touch to someone higher up or if it re- is really bad and you can do something leave but if it is a possibility leave but I know that's not a possibility for everybody
2: see I wouldn't I wouldn't say leave I'm against having to leave because of it yeah so I'm like, that shouldn't, I'm like, if you shouldn't have to leave. That's like, obviously, yeah, it's like, if you need to get yourself out of the situation, I know you're not just saying like, oh, if you don't like it, leave. But it's like, well, no, I would like lodge a complaint against them because that just, that causes a whole thing anyway, but they can't
0: fire you. There's always a union. go there's for wrong. wrongful
2: dismissal and all sorts, like, there's a whole.
0: Yeah, there's always a union um, you can go to that obviously has employees priority at uh, welfare at first priority so you could contact a union as well and um, they kind of dismiss and talk about like certain issues so that's an option as well but like Kate said you shouldn't have to leave mm. it's just sad that that's still an issue things like that are still an issue yeah You've just got to be careful
2: because if you're gonna put a complaint against them especially in kind of hospitality where I don't know if you all have had the same experience but there's like a lot of like no, dodgy That That's not what I mean. That sounds really bad. What I mean is that there's a lot that kind of like gets passed over. Not that it's like illegal or dodgy or anything, but there's a lot that kind of you'll just be like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. like, but there'll be things I'll try and catch you out. Was to say, you put a complaint against your manager, but like, I don't like the way you're speaking to me, and they keep doing it. You eventually put a complaint in. And then they'll try and catch you out for something else in your job and try and get rid of you for another reason because they can't fire you for the complaint. But say you didn't do something a certain way or the way you all do it, that's not the official way and you get caught. Mm. They can then get rid of you because of that. So I think it's it's annoying because you shouldn't have to do it. But if you're going to fight them, which I would say to do, you've just got to make sure that you're on ball and you're get caught out another way which is sad but it's like you can't that's what's so annoying when it's like bosses
1: and managers that are doing it because they know they know that they have the sort of you you, sometimes women are too scared to speak out because like kate said they can manage it out of the job and they they've got they can lie and say she's making it up it's not and it's it's so annoying because you shouldn't have to feel uncomfortable in your job you're there to earn a wage you're there to earn a living, and people are making it uncomfortable for you, and there's no need, there's there's literally no need.
0: I think adding on to that, just go straight past the manager, don't tell them because then they have no idea. Yeah, and let hmm. the advisors contact them after you've made the complaint, um, because from not past experience but knowing people have been in similar situations the manager who's the problem won't fix it because they'll probably be really defensive or like kate said and um, fran said manage you out of the position so i would just go straight past the manager and go to the higher authorities mm. i think one of
1: the things is
2: that sorry fran I, no, I
1: was just gonna say i was quite lucky for my job that i had for four years the manager was actually a woman and then the mm-hmm. supervisors were women as well so it was actually a really nice place to work um so i've never really i've had a few like instances not too severe but um you know i've had a really nice experience from what i was working so far but yeah kate go ahead
2: i think there's a lot of casual sexism that you almost just take at face value it's just normal like it's even always from a management point but like it can it can be I don't think I've experienced that as much okay I, I kind of have but it'll often be the customers mm, yeah. like environment like there's so many things that I can think of where I've just accepted it like I remember I was 15 and there was like a big group of shooters like in in Northampton very bloody Northumbrian thing big group of shooters like old men just like creepy but you're kind of just like whatever and they didn't know I was 15 to be fair I probably looked older but not not that much older but I went in and I was like oh can I get you anything else and one of them was like a U course Mm. like took these plates away and was just like and like laughed and just walked away I was like and just did nothing because I was like well what what's different another
1: thing is if it's a customer you can't just turn around like I you can if you want to but you know I think if you turned around and said something back then you're you know you're risking being in trouble by your manager but then i don't know it's so
0: hard it is so hard well i i even at my last job there was a specific customer that was making the most inappropriate comments to every woman who worked there and at one point he before i worked there someone had put a complaint in another woman and he was threatened to be bad um and it was a male manager a job before where I worked in a pub and restaurant our male manager who was lovely said that if you know if you ever feel uncomfortable or anyone makes an appropriate comment you have a right to reserve the right to serve them so you don't necessarily have to say anything back in that regard but just say you know what you're saying is wrong and I'm not serving you anymore. That is true that's a true story because um, it wasn't
1: anything sexist but when I first started working at my job um, one of the customers had a massive go at me because the food was late and actually made me cry. Um, so I went yeah. into the back, and my manager at the time, she's not there now, but she went to him and said, Once you've eaten that food, you're going. And that's what she said because she do have the oh. right to, like, you know. You don't
0: serve anymore yeah. You're a human at the end, end of the day. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that when you work in a pub, restaurant, or a shop that, you know, you're just this employee um, that, that can be spoke to, like, you know, rubbish. But you are a human. You have human rights. And you know, if you're a woman or anybody, and have been sexualized or abused verbally, no, you can you go to higher authorities, get them bad, which has happened a few times for me, not me specifically, but with other people. And you have your own individual right to not serve them.
2: I think one thing you've definitely got to remember is because, like I was saying, I just kind of would just accept it because of, of the kind of industry or whatever but it happens in all of them because I've, I've worked in like retail hospitality, whatever and I, I worked in this shop once and the guy he was lovely actually not like no offense he was really nice and but he would always be a little bit a little bit weird but it wasn't like I never felt threatened but I didn't realize that the younger girl I was working with she didn't feel threatened, but she was a lot more uncomfortable than I was, because I think I was a lot more used to it. So he, I'd come in, and he'd be like, oh, hello, gorgeous. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> I didn't really think about it. I mean, it was also like, he was, he was like Filipino. It was like a cultural thing. Like, it wasn't, it, it, I never felt like, oh, he's being weird with me. But then one time he was like, oh, do you have a boyfriend and all this? And I was like, oh, no, bear in mind, he's married. I don't think I knew this at the time, but he was, he was married and whatever. And I was like, oh, no, and he's like, oh, please don't tell me you're into girls. And I remember, like, I was, like, packing something up, and I went, oh, no, no, and I, like, turned around, and it like, sunk in what he'd said. And I was like, okay, right, that was very weird. But I remember I was like, I always just kept, it's very, like, out the way, friendly, didn't think anything of it. And then this girl came to me, and she was like, has he said anything to you? Because he says these weird things to me all the time. And then there was an older woman that worked there, and she was like listening to a talk about it, and she was like, "Hold on. Like, what is happening?" And like she kind of was like, "You just need to say so. And I was like, cause I'd never thought of it, but as soon as I realized she was uncomfortable, I was like, "Oh no, we'll have to like you've got to think about the other people. like you might be able to take it, but there'll be someone that it really affects so it helps them and you really
0: yeah. make I it I remember a time. I worked in a pub, and I was the only girl. I was 17, so I had to be supervised on the bar. Um, they were all male managers. And there was a man at the bar. And I was just stood there, It was quiet. And all of a sudden I heard the camera sound. And I looked up, and he yeah. had his phone like this. And he took a picture of me. Oh, I, I thought him. you meant the CCTV for a second. Oh, you know, like, he had his, pic- he had his phone like that and he looked at me and I looked at him and he, he went like that and I didn't register at first yeah. and I went to my managers and my managers who are male just said ignore it and I left oh that's so dumb. that is
1: so bad that is really bad
0: yeah. that's really disappointing of anything because like it was disappointing yeah that they like you said it's so casual you mm. know just ignore it not go to the man and delete the picture and never have him come in again and i left because that's dangerous yeah that is really bad you can actually get in trouble with the police for that i think
1: yeah if you take photos of people without the consent you can get in trouble so that is actually bad that the managers
0: just said ignore it's fine yeah and I, i think i was 17 at the time i was a bit as I said, I didn't register it, I was disgusted. And I think when you're young, you don't know how to handle things. Yeah. I just left it, I left the place, I left it. And looking back in hindsight, I would definitely have followed the advice I've said and contacted the authorities on the managers mm. um, and just took it further. But don't be scared because you're maybe a minor or a, a woman and you feel inferior. To not stand up for yourself because that's how it keeps it keeps carrying on I dread to think who works there now who might have had their picture taken or yeah. something like that and if I could go back I would have stood up for myself I would have yeah. said to the man something but you know when you're in that situation you just yeah it's and at 17,
1: at 17 that is that's really bad. I mean, I know now at age 21, I think I'd stand up for myself a bit more because, I'm, mm. you know, I'm a bit more switched on. And But when I am 17, I would never, like you, I would no. have gone up to that man and gone, why have you just taken a photo of me? But I think now I might have actually contested why. Oh,
2: God. Yeah. I can't
1: believe that's happened.
0: Yeah. Uh, so take the stand. I would. The stand, no matter how comfortable you feel or how... Ever, these managers make you feel that you're overreacting or anything you are not overreacting and it is never acceptable behavior Mm. it should never be tolerated and if they are not doing anything about it contact authorities and leave if you're in a really dangerous situation
1: yeah um
0: so the
1: next one is um how to manage your work time effectively? I am finding it hard to organise some downtime for myself. How can I do this? Now, I've got a really... Um, so, last. I'm in my third year, and last semester, I found myself working seven days a week all the time. I was just... Oh, all don't day. start me
2: on the front. Stress.
1: Yeah, I was so stressed. <laughs> so, when I started this semester, after the new year, I decided that, um, you know, it was lockdown, and I needed to manage my time better so I could actually have some downtime and i've actually done it i've trekked i've tre- my uni and uh, internship with Shoe as like a job nine to five monday to friday and it's actually worked out there's some saturdays i've had to do a bit here and there but the majority of the time i've had a weekend off and it's so important to have some downtime off because mm-hmm not only is it good for your mental health but it's actually really good for your work because you take a bit of time away from it and you can come back with a fresh mind but um one way i've done that i did that sorry was um i set a day where i would be like mondays i'll listen to my pre recorded lectures tuesday i work on my dissertation wednesdays i work on assignments fridays i do shoe and it worked and i set those days for each task and then i do the individual tasks so that on tuesdays for my dissertation i'll read that chapter or I'd proofread this or do my references just little tasks and then that's it on that Tuesday that is only your dissertation and you move on. It worked for me and might not have worked better if it wasn't in a, if you weren't in a lockdown but it worked and that's how I did it. I don't know if you guys have any
0: other tips. I did it pretty similar. I'm very self-critical and I feel like I can never do enough yeah. and if I used to feel guilty if I had downtime because I was always like, but I could be doing work. I could yeah. be doing this. And similar to you, third year, I was like, you, I it like a nine to five job. Um, and one thing that um, really helped me, so this is my desktop. And if you work on your oh computer a lot, this helped me. So obviously I've got my to-do list in the middle and here is like the remainder of my term. But normally I would have like five post-it notes um, or if you don't have that book, something else mm. you can download. And I would do my nine to five tasks every day. Obviously as I'm coming to the end of uni, I don't have as many tasks. And then I had like my personal things, my folders, my internship for shoe and like just other things. And... Um, And this really helped me, and obviously I've got these really cheesy-like quotes, but I think when you open your screen in the morning, having everything in order, and having your to-do list, so as I said, Monday to Friday, I would have weekends off as well, Um, all organised, that helped me just keep focused, and once the last task had been ticked off at five o'clock I thought to myself I've done everything now like I deserve this time Mm. to myself and I think doing this or something similar you know on paper maybe would would even work but I think this was one of the things that helped me um like separate work and, and downtime
1: yeah I that's another thing is um Uh, when I first started doing it where I went into weekends off I'd feel quite guilty and I'd be like well I could be doing something and yes on weekends you probably do have a bit of a list to do next week but your mental health also comes first and it can wait and um yeah just I'm a workaholic too I always think I need to work I need to work but you don't always need and sometimes it feels really weird to not be doing
0: anything like oh I should yeah like when I I, started that and I had no work I was sat there like now what?
1: yeah yeah and also um setting very little tasks on a day like i always just set like three bullet points of things i'm gonna do that day Mm -hmm. and i stick to them and it's actually so much more productive than i used to
2: make massive lists and that used to be like scary i Um, used to tell fran off for this because i've got so much i've got so much to do let me see your list and it would be like the length of me and i was like (laughs) you're not going to get that done a day are you <laughs> I was,
0: yeah, I think I mean, that doesn't need like, to be
2: done till like next december
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think setting smart goals so like them being specific measurable achievable um and in a timely manner so like for instance, I think the environment are very similar. I would set myself like 15 tasks, like write ten thousand words, you know, yeah. do a <laughs> and, then, and then do it now. Do it do it yesterday. Um, yeah. and when I didn't do it, I'd feel so crap. I'd be like, you are just not good enough. But then when I thought actually I've got two weeks to do this one specific task and break it down and give myself tasks that are reachable and achievable once I actually did that in a day I felt so much more motivated yes better mm. because I actually did it and it wasn't because I were you know I was making life easier for myself you know give myself tiny tasks and they were just achievable yeah so overwhelming yourself and I've actually like my mood is a
1: lot like since I've done this nine to five sort of style study session and weekends off I've felt a lot happier and my mood's been so much better when I think back to the first semester of third year I was so stressed for no reason and I remember talking to Kate at the time and I was just so like a bit down from it I
2: <laughs> think I intervened
1: <laughs> yeah Kate had to intervene and give me a one one. to personal session on how to not have a breakdown but uh, (laughs) yeah it was I'm so much better now and I think my work's a lot better and I was so much more productive because I set three tasks and I had time off and I I, I managed my time effectively and you know I was so much better so much more productive and on top of things so it's just little little things little bit what is it little unoften or something yeah
0: I think I me and you have identical experiences and i think it also comes down to like maybe being anxious and things like that naturally mm-hmm. i think and also one thing i set myself was self-care prioritize self-care whether that's getting a bath or putting on a face mask or you know setting the time to actually watch that netflix series that you wanted to do mm-hmm. i i I used to think I didn't deserve it you know when you feel guilty and you're like I know I don't deserve to you know relax but once you once you start doing it and you feel better you you want to get up in the morning and do your work because then you can Mm. relax afterwards so I think doing self-care and appreciating yourself Mm. um and it
2: motivates you to work harder doesn't it because you get up and you're like right if I just get this done I can do that and enjoy it I deserve it
1: yeah i mean last semester because i was doing so much work and making myself feel guilty and things like i was working so much and like little things like my room was getting messy and, and i thought i don't have time to do my room i don't have time to do my room or, or little things like if i was just like on a night i remember kate will remember this when my friends wanted to drink i felt like i didn't i couldn't i couldn't drink because tomorrow I oh God, yeah you were
2: like i i can't i can't have fun ever
1: I Yeah, I I, I convinced myself that I couldn't have fun and I I had to work, which I sort of regret now because obviously now we're in lockdown and I haven't been able to make those memories, but
2: (laughs) it was just something that happened. But But things like your room, like for me, like you're saying like, oh, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have time. It's like things like that, like I would just tidy and like chill out and that before I started working. You work better because I feel like that if your environment and your whole like, feeling is stressed anyway, you can't work well. But if you actually like take that time, relax, tidy your room, have a night with your friends. The next day you're like,
1: Yeah. Oh. I
2: wish 10, 000 words. <laughs> yeah, I wish I learned this
1: back in second year. But it was only really third year when the stress kicked in. I think it's because obviously it was first yeah. year and I just started Shoe Academy as well. That it was like, oh but I literally so what I did this semester, I'm gonna shout about it forever. If I know anyone that's starting university, I'm gonna tell them treat it like a nine to five job. It's gonna be a little bit different now because lockdown, when lockdown is over and mm. uni hopefully will go on campus for many people, it might be a little different. But
0: I well, I started implementing that in second year because I started getting a few two twos which is not bad, it's just not what I wanted, and it was a result of me being too stressed to concentrate so it was like a vicious Mm -hmm. cycle so I was on student room looking at ways to improve and one particular person said that he was getting two twos and he got a first in his overall degree and he trepped you know like a nine to five job he would be in the library nine or five doing whatever and then he'd have weekends off and I was like people are getting firsts and enjoying weekends and I was like no no way and then I started doing it gradually and I completely agree I think it's just changed my mindset I feel like my mind's not as misty and foggy and I feel more positive Mm. and I'm much more productive than just not moaning worrying and whittling about every single thing. It's the balance isn't it it's like as
2: soon as you've got that balance you can have twice as much work as you had on before
0: but if you manage it correctly Mm. it's had less it's weird that works for everybody differently so for me it's that desktop post-it notes printing things out Mm -hmm. I've got that diary on my phone
2: we all Um, have our planners
0: yeah Yeah, I I prefer online ones so like on Mm -hmm. my phone I have that thing there oh
1: yeah so
0: like I prefer it on my phone so I can see it all the time so it's just find out what works for you Mm -hmm. and being strict turn your laptop off at a certain time and then revisit it in the morning.
1: Yeah, that is another thing is um, if you get into about 9pm and you're just reading this and you're fed up and you just you need to get it done but you you, you've got like a bit of a mind fog just if you can if it's not a deadline at midnight but if you can leave it and come back the next Mm -hmm. day because your work would be so much worse if you're just forcing yourself to write something i just i loved having my weekends off coming back on a monday and thinking right new week what am i doing this week yeah
0: i loved that just creating my new post-it notes on Friday, ready for Monday. But even if there was a deadline at twelve o'clock and you had a mind fog at nine, take a break, have a cup of tea, ten minutes, come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Always take a break, no matter how small or big. Take a break and don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, I was going to say
1: that you you come first at the end of the day. And yes, a degree is quite important and getting that. My dad says, get that piece of paper. <laughs> um, but it's at the end of the day you 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 come first and what how you feel comes first and think about how i felt in the first semester it's just it shouldn't have i shouldn't have felt like that but um it is just thinking like i right, i come first and that's it you yeah. know at the end of the day a degree yes it's important but it's not
0: more important than you being happy and here. And I think this question like resonates with me a lot and probably yeah. because this is something I've struggled with all my life. I remember I was eleven. I used to go into school at eight o'clock and revise my sats. And I was oh. like, if I don't get that five in, I, you know, I'm 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 a failure. And I was eleven and I think it's always been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: i used to be like that for i think mine really kick-started in a levels because i was obviously at college five days a week on saturdays i'd do coursework and homework and things and then I was, every sunday i'd work and and i got into this routine where i was constantly working every day i had no day off and so i think i've got into that routine of i need to work i need to work yeah,
0: same i used to work on weekends and just i think my my dad is very Mon- not money driven but progress driven and, and mm. success driven and that's kind of where I've inherited it from whereas my mum prefers time off and time to herself yeah. and things like that um so I do see it sometimes inherited but you've got to control it and as Fran said don't be high on yourself and you come first yeah yeah exactly yeah.
1: has anyone got any other to add to that because I've got one one last um little thing no go for it okay the last submission we had sort of similar to what we've talked about um earlier but my dissertation supervisor keeps ignoring my emails how can i go about fixing this
0: course director yeah course director contact the course director you normally have tutors that are responsive and not responsive
2: Mm-hmm. Contact
0: the responsive one, even if it's not your tutor and it's got nothing to do with your topic, they will be able to get you into contact with someone. And nine times out of the ten, last year, when some of my tu- modules for the um, tutors weren't responsive, I would contact somebody else and be like, Can you help me? and they'd be like, Yeah, why not? Mm. Yeah, so- it's definitely- so if you,
2: if you go to your course, usually the head of your course, if you say, like I can't get in contact with my tutor they get in contact with the tutor for you or put you in touch with someone like specifically who can help you
1: yeah it's annoying if it's uh, during covid times where everything's online because if it mm. wasn't you could go to their office at uni and yeah. say hi like what well, you know i've tried emailing you or but yes during covid time if you're in like an online seminar with them just ask oh please can i just speak to you at the end or yeah um, you know try something but if they are not responding to your email then do get in touch with somebody else
0: yeah i think that's the challenge of online Mm. Mm -hmm. uni it's hard to get in contact with people and also your tutor might be like a a mum or dad and have kids at home so just bear in mind that they might have or be in a difficult situation but yeah contact course director or contact another tutor
1: yeah, and also they probably get so many emails at the minute. Like I don't. It's mostly most likely that they're, they're not doing it because they don't like you or something. Yeah, it is probably because they've had so many emails in one day that you probably get lost in, and they probably think I'll reply to that in a minute, and then because life's crazy, they probably forget. Um. So I won't take it personally, but if it does keep happening, then yeah. Yeah, because if
2: it's a consistent and, issue, it's like that. That yeah. role is to be your tutor, and if they're not,
0: mm.
2: like. That's an issue. Don't be
0: scared to send them another email as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Or call them. Often, yeah. often there is a written them. Like I'd just be like, "Hello." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not rudely though. I mean that in like, "Oh, hi. I'm sorry. Did you get my email?" Not in a "Where are you?" Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: No. Yeah. It's, um. Yeah. Just try and get in contact with them, but don't take it too personally at first, because obviously life is a bit crazy at the minute. Um. But if it does happen, keep happening. Then, yeah. At the end of the day, you're paying. If it is at university, you are paying for this um for them to tutor you, and it, it is frustrating. And you need to get on with what you want to do. Mm-hmm.
0: um So, yeah. Has anyone got any more advice for that one? No.
2: no
1: That's Well, that is everything. That is all the submissions.
0: Aww, this is our last episode.
1: Aww. Last shoe cast. But first, anyway, with with this as the host. Um, that is because we're all graduating. um I've got a job with you that's starting. Um, Ella, Ella's starting a job. Is it in September? Is yeah. Um, and God knows what I'm doing. Yeah, at the time <laughs> this, Kate, Kate isn't sure. She's living life because hopefully. um Life is a bit back, more back to normal at the time.
2: <laughs> but we we keep have, you all updated on where I am. Yeah. <laughs> I know everyone cares.
1: Um, oh. We have some more hosts hopefully taking over ShoeCast in the future, mm-hmm. but we'd just like to thank everyone for all the support. I've so Yeah, I feel
0: like I'm really up. I should feel tears.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you everybody for watching and supporting us throughout this whole time. We've yeah, really I enjoyed recording the shoe cast it's been really enjoyable for someone who doesn't really engage with shoe uh, podcasts as much as other people i've actually really enjoyed this and it's gotten me
0: into Uh, podcasts actually now hopefully in the podcast to come it'll be in real life hope yes
2: we can we can return we
0: will return yes
1: we will return and update you guys on everything we've been doing
0: yeah we'll do a reunion
1: yeah and maybe we do one of our receipts and we can give you some more advice (laughs) i
0: don't want to leave
1: Um,
2: Just bring the graphic back because nothing's ever going to be our little cute little intro. <laughs>
1: right, so
0: thank you for watching. Thank bye. you. Bye. <laughs>